It's Loving the Strange with Carrie Jones and Sean Farrar. Loving the Strange, a podcast for weirdos and those who want to be weirder. Embrace the strange. New episodes every Saturday, live streaming Fridays. Loving the Strange. Check us out. Hey. Hey, baby. Hey, welcome to Loving the Strange. I just learned something very valuable. What? You know when we argue? Yeah. And you're like, and you're like I remember a conversation word for word every time, and I'm always right. And you just forgot to do something within like a millisecond, so now I got to remember that and try to use it in my arsenal of losing. What? <laughs> All right, starting over, welcome to Loving the Strange, a (laughs) podcast that makes no sense. Today, we're going to make no sense about ghosts, and Sean's going to have his own private jokes that nobody else gets. I hope you're into that, because that's what you're going to get. Thank you to everyone who's listening, not live, but on the replay, but especially thank you to Dee Harris, who's already here. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Dee. So uh, we did a Facebook, and hey, hi to Amanda. Hi, Amanda Courtney. So we did a Facebook poll about what to do, and we got all sorts of good suggestions about what we could talk about this week. Um, But a lot of them required research, and that um, would take more than 24 hours. So we ended up doing what some people suggested, which is ghosts again and hauntings, right? Because, you know, Ghosts are strange. Like, they're everywhere. They're nowhere. You're not sure if they're in the air. Like, they're weird. So they fall under the strange things. And people love them. Like, people love ghost stories. People Maybe. love ghosts. Like, yeah. like Casper. <laughs> I love Casper. All right. I had a crush on Casper as a kid. I bet so, you did. Hey, John. Um, and... <laughs> And so John is saying hi to Dee, and Dee is saying hi to John, because they're friends now, which is adorable, because they met on our podcast. So, Amanda, you'll be friends, too, I'm sure. Don't don't feel left out. Nobody says hi to me. (laughs) That's because you're the talent, man. So, Shawnee, do you you believe in ghosts? Uh, Yeah, like, I want to. I'm just still waiting for some real... Visual evidence of my own. You but have I, to. I'm so. I totally. I guess yes. I believe in ghosts. That would be the answer. That's how you are about Bigfoot too. No, not quite. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a disbeliever. I'm just waiting for a little bit. Of, I'm just waiting for a bone. Just throw me one bone. So you have to visually see a ghost. Like hearing it is. I really good want to. I feel Seeing like something I, move wouldn't be good enough. I feel right? like I'm cursing myself by really wanting to see the apparition. But I would really dig watching something fly through the air too. When I when I knew it was not a setup, hadn't been staged. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I would love to experience all that. But you haven't ever. No, <laughs> I'm pissed. Language, Sean Kelly. Language. Darn, darn spirits. Darn them. Darn them all. So, have you ever thought you maybe like? Have you ever felt like there could be a ghost? Like, ever felt oh, yeah. weird or prickly or yeah. had a chill that you're like, oh, someone's watching me, but nobody was there. Anything? I probably like that? felt that a lot, but I've I've felt it 
for sure twice. And, and, and I told the story in one of our other podcasts about the servants' quarters at the old house, right? I don't remember. And I just had, I just had the, I had the overwhelming feeling that I wasn't wanted there <laughs> at all. Yeah. Yeah. And I left. But after I checked the house. But anyways. And then the other one, my most greatest experience really was as far as feelings was in our basement. Remember the, when we were going through those shoes? And you found, you pulled out that pair of shoes and I was like, these are like, should I keep these? And I was like, no, those are going out of our house right now. Yeah, you were freaked out about the but, shoes. Like it made me feel like I wanted to vomit. Like, and he oh, doesn't right. normally do that about shoes. Oh, no. That has nothing even. to do with that. Yeah. I'll suck a toe any day. But, I'm kind of... <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, clean. It needs to be clean. But, uh, that was the that was uh, by far the weirdest feeling I've ever felt. Like I don't what? know if we had been watching too much Ghost Adventures and I was channeling Zach Baggin or Baggins or what? <laughs> were, Baggins? You like, were you like... I feel really angry right now, bro. Like, I feel angry. I feel like, oh, oh. Well, you, you were there. You were there. I can't remember it that well. I repressed all bad things. I wasn't, I wasn't angry. I was ill. Like, and just, it made me feel nauseous. And it made me feel like I, they had to be away from me immediately. I don't remember what shoes they were. I think they were those orange that were kind of cloggy sandal things, like thick silk. Are they the Same. ones that came from Liddy Hubble? I don't know. I, I hope not. <laughs> well, no, Liddy Hubble gave me some hand-me-down shoes that she got from somebody else. So, like, maybe they're hand-me-down haunted shoes. Oh, maybe, but they're gone now, so. And they were clogs, the stuff she gave me. Might have been. Might have, I, I don't. That would be cool if a artist gave me her cursed shoes. Well, but they were cursed probably from somebody else anyways, right? I don't care. It would still be cool. That like would <laughs> up my cred so bad. Like, uh, maybe, all my cred. Maybe right, I don't know. What? Yeah. No, keep going. Let's get off of this. We're boring. I, I want, we're boring people probably. Probably. I want to know if other people believe in ghosts or aliens. And John says, the real question is, would you believe in ghosts or aliens first? Sean? Uh, 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 it's a tie. It's a tie. It's a tie because I almost feel like, unless you're strictly strictly religious, which I, you know, as we all know, I have a fairly strict religious background, but I deviate quite a bit. And uh, so, taking the strict religion out of it, um, if you're gonna believe in ghosts, I would. You, you kind of almost have to believe in aliens because you have to believe that. What? Don't, don't roll your eyes at me. I don't get the correlation. I'm well, if you here. believe in ghosts, then there has to be some sort of a spirit, a soul inside of a person that can operate outside of their physical body, right? Right. Exactly. So <laughs> Maybe. in order for that to happen, we weren't a biological accident. And there would have to be some sort of spiritualism involved. So, in in my mind, a higher a higher being could be anything, including a race more powerful and smarter than ours, such as aliens, more advanced. Let's say that. 
Did I lose you again? A little bit. Oh, God. I'm sorry. But I don't want to argue. I, I don't want to argue. What's there to argue know. about? I was just well, giving you I don't my... think that, well, ghosts could be like multiverses. They don't necessarily have to be souls. They could be like wrinkles in this time space continuum. So they could actually still be in their bodies, maybe. Well, once, we're just not well, perceiving once again, them. you're talking about people out of our realm, which is a category that I feel aliens can fall into. Right. But I'm not sure how, if either one of them exists, the other, it would prove or the other. Other exists. It doesn't prove they exist, but it says it's just as possible. Okay. And then we can add in Bigfoot. Ah! Uh, any way we can add it? Not until I see a bone. <laughs> Are you going to have to gnaw on the bone, too? Just no, like really no. It, like taste no. the Bigfoot essence. No. Hey, Marion! Um, I mean, Marion, too. We got to move on. <laughs> we keep bogging down with my nonsensical answers. Apparently. All right. So let's tell a ghost story. Okay. All right. All right. So we looked up a whole bunch of ghost stories and uh, those will be in the podcast notes, the sources um, at carriejensbooks.blog. And you may have noticed that I'm wearing a goofy hat that kind of looks like a sailor hat. Have you noticed husband? Oh, yeah, I have. All right, so that's because <laughs> one of, one uh -huh. of our, that's because one of our stories is sort of nautical. Oh, is there a theme? Well, this one has a nautical theme. Because you didn't give me any props. No, I'm sorry. Dang. I thought your beard was prop enough. So For what? I don't know. You can go with that, Boo. You can go with that. Ready? Yeah. So, this um, is a story that's supposed to be about something on our island. We live on Mount Desert Island in Maine. And on the other side of the island is the Bass Harbor Headlight House. Is that the right name? I don't know. All right. Well, I just call it the Bass Harbor Lighthouse. Yeah. All right. So there's a book called Ghosts of Acadia by Marcus Labrizi. Um, and he has sources as footnotes, but the, I don't see any contemporary sources for this particular story. Um, right? Um, and I'm gonna just read it because it's creepy as heck. You ready? I'm ready, baby. Thank All you. Right. Blood baptized the building of Bass Harbor Headlight, leading to a curse that lasted more than a century. Construction on the brick tower and attached wood frame keeper's house began in 1858. A certain number of men began work on the structure, and when they were finished, one man was missing. A search turned up an axe, an axe man, covered in blood, lying on the rocks outside. Yet the missing man was never found or heard from again. A rumor soon began that he had been sealed into the structure of the lighthouse, particularly around the base of the cylindrical tower. There are a number of dead air spaces that could conceal a body. Renovations over the years have focused on the keeper's house, leaving the brick lighthouse untouched. Without a doubt, the killer must have premeditated the crime, working side by side with his intended victim all summer long in 1858. Having selected a place to conceal the body, the killer then seized on his last chance 
to carry out the bloody deed. From its construction until the day of automa automation in 1974, Bass Harbor Headlight has meant bad luck. And yet all the tourists take pictures of it, like all the time. They're like, oh, it's so pretty. But it's bad luck, right? Yeah. Among the keepers who lived at the station, an extraordinary, extraordinary number of these people experienced personal tragedies. Phoebe Gray was a wife of one of the early lighthouse keepers, and she died of a heart attack while living there. Um, Charles Gillies, another keeper, died in 1872. We don't know what <laughs> he died. Um, and later, keeper Eugene Coleman suffered a terrible stroke. Willis Dolliver came to work at the lighthouse in 1894, never dreaming that his wife Barbara would leave the station in a casket. The wife of Elmer Reed also died while living at Bass Harbor Headlight in the late 1930s. The old lighthouse became notorious for a deathly atmosphere thought to bring on disease and accidents. Somebody that's got like typhoid the, fever there too. That's like the deadliest job in America. If you run the numbers. Light, well, I mean, but just that one lighthouse. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard that it was like um, haunted? No. Me have either. You? No. So it says if the spirit of the man entombed in the building, like we're just assuming he's entombed. I see. This is my problem with ghost stories. I start picking them apart. Like we don't know that he was entombed. That's a big assumption. And now we're like, oh, he's entombed. Like, come on. It's because they get all wordy with their backstories. Too much information. If if the spirit of the man entombed in the building was somehow responsible for the illness and death, what was his motive? One possibility is he desired to inflict his terrible fate upon the lighthouse keepers. The murdered man met his own end with the unexpected, unexpected blow of an axe. And then, as legend has it, the killer sealed his body into the structure of the lighthouse. Behind the bricks and mortar, the vengeful spirit could not wall up a living person, but the phantom might be able to give them typhoid. That's not what it says, but that's what I say. <laughs> You're funny. But anyways, they see things allegedly at the lighthouse. Yeah. Like, um, like a flashing light. They see a shadowy woman in a rocking chair in one of the windows of the keeper's house. And, the and light. people feel doomy. Like they're like, oh, it feels like doom here. And some people say that they've seen an apparition in the snow. Direct quote, an old man sitting on a stump during a snowstorm. Whenever anyone approaches the old man, he disappears, leaving no trace in the snow. Well, see, I'd like, to see, I'd like to see that. Um, and most people think that's Charles Gillis. And some people say that it's actually a doorway to the realms of the supernatural. They saw a deer in a snowstorm that disappeared just like the old guy. And uh <laughs> you imagine how confused that deer is. Like it's here and then it's like in the realm of the fae or something. Yeah. Frolicking with like frolicking with the uh, the fairies. <laughs> that would be amazing. That deer would be partying down unless it's like the white stag that they have to hunt forever. Uh, you don't know that, that reference. I'm so sorry. It's like well, a, you know, we all have our in, we all have our inside jokes. <laughs> 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 I know. 
But that's a good cover for lack of intelligence. <laughs> so, so it's kind of creepy, right? Like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Do they see a flashing light there often? I don't know. It's a lighthouse, baby. That was a joke. I'm. Just oh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so ignorant. Oh my gosh. It's the hat. The hat makes me dumber. I think maybe. <laughs> you wanna hear a real you wanna hear a real good story? Yeah. It was just told to me on the phone this afternoon by my dear friend John Bell, who's listening right now. Yay! So chime in really quick if you don't want me to tell it because I didn't ask your permission. But, well, you didn't ask. Well, he was telling me about his mother's house at the same time, which is what I did ask him about. So I figured it was all inclusive. Fingers crossed John's cool with it. No, he doesn't care, I don't think. All right. Anyways, so he, he owns a house in Georgia, which is only an hour away from Franklin, North Carolina, by the way, the house. And... Uh, so he bought it from his father and being the enterprising young man that he was, he turned it into four efficiency apartments. And I think in the, what used to be the attic spaces, he turned it into an apartment. So when he goes, he has a place to stay because these were long-term rentals. And in one year, he had a person from each apartment die. He said they were all, he said they were all elderly, but okay. it wasn't. A murder in each apartment <laughs> four apartments for a year uh within a year but anyways after the last one died he had to go up and, and do some cleaning and stuff and, and uh one night he was sitting outside by the fire pit drinking a beer or two he said he he said he didn't even have two beers maybe a beer and a half and he got up i think to go inside and just out of the corner of his eye he like caught movement he, he looked at the fire pit and there was four kids running around the fire pit he said they were really kind of like distorted looking, but that's what they were in his mind was four, four children running around the fire pit. And he got his phone out and put it, put it on the camera. And he said, as soon as he got it into video mode, the battery died. So then he no. said, he said, F this, I'm just going to go inside. And he, he did. Whoa. So. He was. He thought maybe it was the spirits of the four people that died, even though they were all elderly. You know, maybe yeah, they children. Were just babies. They were yeah. happy little babies <laughs> frolicking around the fire. Yeah, I thought that was a cool story. Dude, that's the coolest story. It made me jealous. I know. Because I want to see an apparition. I know. That's so cool. I thought it was cool. Wow. Oh, John says that it was his phone. His phone shut off with a yeah. full battery. That's creepier. That's awesome. I didn't, I didn't know the battery was full, but he said the battery like died <laughs> instantly. That's so creepy. Yeah, I thought it was great. That's better than my ghost stories, man. Really? I thought well, you had I one. I, I only had, had that one apparition when I was a little kid, like the full. Oh no, I've had more. I thought you had another one. Oh, didn't you have a sort of uh, maybe it wasn't a ghost, more of it was more of a spiritual type apparition, but that wouldn't qualify as when you were pregnant. I don't know what you're talking about. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought 
thought you had a chat with like Jesus or something. Oh, I, okay. No, we're not telling that story. Um, <laughs> on another podcast, I told the story of how I saw this lady in white walk across our our yard at twilight, and she walked over a giant hole, which was a septic tank hole pit thing. Um, yeah. And uh, that was my first like thing I remember. My daughter Emmy, when she was a little kid, was like. The angel walked through the wall. Like she was, so we were living in Alton Ave and Ellsworth. And yeah. she was like absolutely positive that a woman um, walked through her, her wall. She was like three. And yeah. she was like not fanciful in that way. Yeah. Um, and she was just so like, no, she's pretty. She was pretty. Like she walked through the wall. She was like so nice. And I was like, that was a brand new house. Yeah, but, it was a brand new house. I'm like, uh, I'm not a believer necessarily of ghosts being like, you know, st st stuck in one area. Like, if there's going to be ghosts, why can't, why do they have to be attached to something? Why can't they just kind of travel about, at least, yeah. within a, at least within a limited range? Yeah, that would yeah. be really cool. Right. My Aunt Rosie, my cousin Lisa uh, died on Easter morning because her husband was allegedly drunk driving i think he got arrested so i guess it's not alleged um but he uh and she died in their car accident he was fine and her stepdaughter in the backseat was fine but my aunt rosie insisted that my cousin lisa was everywhere like yeah go? like she's like oh lisa's visiting she's my angel she's visiting right now like and she like absolutely fully believed it like absolutely that's cool yeah. I think it's kind of, I think that's kind of common. Like, yeah. Especially in certain cultures, probably. Where mm -hmm. you might have a certain open mind, more, you know, you're more of an open mind or belief system in that, you know what I mean? Spiritual yeah. and stuff. So, I don't know, maybe. Um, I think it's cool that, well, that's kind of sad. I know. That's what I'm, I don't know if it's cool or not. <laughs> It's not as cool as John's story. Nothing no, I, is as cool as no, John's that's story. Cool. But it's like how you get over it if you're going to be reminded of it constantly. I think it helped her. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Well, everybody's different, so. Um, a creepiest thing I think that happened in this house, and I can't remember if I've told this story before, is I was in the shower, and I locked the door in the yeah. bathroom because I'm like that. And... um. Sean says I'm not allowed to do that anymore. But anyways, I locked the door in the shower and no one else was home. And uh, I heard the, the um, I heard like the door, like I heard a movement and I was getting out of the shower. Right. And I saw the thing, like the doorknob, like the lock click unlocked. Does that make sense? Like, I don't know. Yeah, baby. That right. It makes it was sense. The freakiest thing. And I called Sean right away. I know. I was, that was me, baby. I was unlocking it with a key. I thought it was you. I was like, you're such a swear word, swear word. But well, like, I was really freaked out. And uh, it was not Sean. Allegedly. No. Was I, not it was, it, it was not me. Not. <laughs> I would love to take responsibility, credit for that, but it wasn't me <laughs> at all. I don't know, Marion. I don't know if Marion's still here, but she uh, was sent me a, a story on uh, Facebook. Oh, yeah. uh, 
a couple days ago and it's not exactly a ghost story but it's really really creepy and it makes me think about how there's so many creepy stories on our island um and this one was she was talking to some a woman who had an injured cat and the woman lived on a place called um wickedville lane which is <laughs> the most amazing name for like you're like in a tim burton movie or something if you yeah. live on wickedville lane right. and so, you know, you're curious, like, why is that the name of your road? And she actually asked because she's amazing and much more confident as human than I am. And uh, allegedly in the 20s or 30s, there was a local resident doing repairs and accidentally fell into his own well. And the well cap flipped up um, and landed on the top of the well. So nobody knew anything was wrong. <laughs> and so no one found him for a really long time. And I guess at the same time, there were a bunch of other horrible things that had happened on that road. So the neighbors, quote, got together and decided to name the street. Wickedville Lane? Wickedville. And then there's another street called Flatiron. And yep. that's because the lady allegedly smacked her husband in the head and killed him with a flat iron. <laughs> I don't know what a flat iron is. Is that a iron iron or is it a? No, I think it's a regular old fashioned iron, like the ones that are just cast iron and you heat it up in the fireplace. Oh, I remember another apparition. Oh yeah. See, I have so many ghost stories. Like they just like blend, man. They blend. But my apparition one was uh, my best friend Jackie and I were driving home late at night, and there was a guy, kind of like glowing on the side of the road yeah. um, and he was all dressed in blue like a jumpsuit um and we drove by i think i've told this before we drove by and we're like holy crap what was that and we both were like did you see that did you see blah, 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 blah. like and it was the same thing and uh we drove back and it was so creepy and we were so terrified and uh he wasn't there and then when i came home and i told my mom she's like exactly where was that <laughs> really? And I'm like, yeah, and I'm like, it was right here. And she's like, you know, that's where that, like a single, um, like a, a propeller plane crashed right there, and the guy died, Carrie. And I was like, what? And my mom's like, yeah, you probably saw the guy. You was your mom pulling guy. a fast one on you, baby? No, my mom was not like that. That's pretty cool. My mom was so not like that. I didn't think so. No, but it was creepy. <laughs> I remember that too. And someday, Sean Young, one of my friends, and I are going to tell the ghost story from our high school days. Oh, yeah. That's a big, bad one. <laughs> well, D. Harris, there you go. Here we go. You want to read Dee's comment for people who are listening after the fact? Sure. Okay. <clears throat> D. Harris says, Yay. I'm not sure if it was a ghost or not, but one night I was asleep and it felt like someone was hugging me. I tried to move. But then they hugged me tighter, and I swear they whispered something. I immediately shot up and called my mom. <laughs> uh, that happens to Carrie every night. And it's Sean. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, go away, go, go away, leave me alone. But that would be freaky scary in bed. Yeah, I can't even imagine. There's a really great ghost story from the South D. I think it's... um. Shoot. I hope I have it. Sean might have it. Oh, it's in Alabama. Um, and it's called and it's from Southern Living and it's a ghost called Hugging Molly. 
And I, I, you're probably supposed to say that with a Southern accent, but I can't even attempt it. And so um, here's a story from Southern Living. It says, while this story may not make you shudder, you should still be glad you didn't grow up around this variety of ghost. If you're familiar with Abbeville, Abbeville? I don't know, baby. A-B-E-V-I-L-L-E. Sounds like Abbeville to me. Alabama. You've probably heard of Huggin' Molly. After all, her name is written on the town's welcome sign. The legend of Huggin' Molly traces all the way back to Ireland, but today she roams the streets of Abbeville. Wearing a long shroud, Huggin' Molly appears only to young people. Young people. <laughs> Out past their curfew, or maybe in their bed. She runs up to those rule breakers gives them a giant hug and screams in their ear for over a hundred years. Parents have been relying on her legend to teach kids not to stay out after dark. (laughs) That's so funny. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Parents make up the best ghost stories, don't they? No, it's real. (laughs) Hugging Molly's real. She's on the sign for the town. I know. The town. That's amazing. Population 326. It's probably a huge town, babe. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't either. Do you have any other good ghost stories? Not real ones. Like, <laughs> not, you know, ones that I have. I don't have to read. <laughs> Do you... Huh. Like, did you what? ever, like, when you were a cop, did you ever, like, respond to a call because somebody thought there was a ghost in their house? No, I don't because think so. There was a person on this island who used to call the police, but not maybe in Bar Harbor. I don't think about so. their uh, ghost in their house. Really? That yeah. sounds really cool. Yeah. I, I would have handled that a couple of times before I, got, <laughs> before I started getting worn out on it. <laughs> She said she doesn't think it was Molly. There was no screaming. The hug reminded me of a parental hug, which is why I called my mom. Yeah, she never said she was young in that, actually. Oh, so in my head, she's young. She, I think she in was my head, an adult. perpetually young. Well, me too. I was thinking yeah. that she was a, a little D. <laughs> <laughs> a little baby D. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I could see that. I could see that making you worried about your mother for sure. Oh, Shush. yeah. Like, oh, no. What happened? Yeah. Or, Mom, did you hug me in my sleep and then leave? Like, you know, it could be so much weirdness. Yeah. No, Is there just, noise upstairs? What you I, doing? I was checking. I'm not. I don't know. All right. Was it a ghost? No, it was a white <laughs> dog. It was a white dog, but she's not a ghost. You just said it was. Pro- nope. It was probably last year. when. It- <laughs> <laughs> you know that makes we're it always even, wrong. We're just always wrong. That makes it even more scary. Like as far as far as the, uh, the the fear of a premonition and some, you know what I mean. Like ah, yeah. when you're older, that's what you think. Crap. Oh yeah, always. So. Um, yeah. So you want me, <clears throat> you want me to read a read a story? Yeah, read us a story, Shawnee. This is from Florida. The Don Cesar Hotel in St. Pete's, St. Pete Beach, Florida. And where, where, where's your source, babe? Can you tell everybody? Men, where? Men, it says mental floss. 
All right. Yep. Mental Floss. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a website? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Anyways, the Don Cesar Hotel in St. Pete Beach, Florida was built by Thomas Rowe and named for a character character in the opera Maritana. Rowe had attended the opera during his time as a student in London and he fell head over heels for its star, a Spanish aristocrat named Lucinda. They regularly met at a fountain in the city and made plans to sail to America and be married. But Lucinda's parents didn't approve of their romance and took her back to Spain. He wrote her faithfully, but his, but her, his letters were returned unopened. Only one letter of Lucinda's ever reached Roe. Time is infinite, she wrote. I wait for you by our fountain. To share our timeless love, our destiny is time. According to legend, Lucinda died of a broken heart. Roe, who said he would never love anyone else, would go on to build his hotel. It was completed in 1928 and features an exact replica of the fountain where the lovebirds spent happier times. Aww. Rose Ghost has been spotted on the beach, on the hotel's fifth floor, and in the lobby, and in the garden, where he is sometimes seen holding the hand of a woman to believed to be Lucinda. Aww. That's a romantic ghost story. That's so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It kind of makes me cry. It's not scary, though. I like scary ghost stories. Sorry. You know, the house where we used to live? Yeah. Um, We've talked about one of the houses that we used to live, the more haunted house in Bar Harbor that we no longer own. Yeah. Um, But the other house in which we used that's to the one, live? That's the one I was thinking of. Oh. There's a little, like, You'd sometimes see like these dark shadows flitting around in the peripheral of your vision, and allegedly that's ghosty. Is it? Yeah. What the dark shadows or the our house? Um, the dark shadows in the house oh, would be okay. like you know, it's like almost like you think it's a cat or a dog or something. It's like yeah. low and it's like kind of right by you, and you turn around, and you're like, wait, there's no cat or dog in there where it went. Like, you'll be like, it went in the pantry, and there's nothing in the pantry, or that kind of thing. You know, now that you mentioned Did that, that ever that, happen to you there? No. Not that I can think of, but I was going to say, now that you mentioned it, it's happened to me here a few times. Because oh. remember, it wasn't very long ago, like two weeks ago, when we were sitting on the couch, we were watching TV or something, I said that exact thing was happening to me. Over by the stairs that lead into the garage by the by your picture, remember? Oh, yeah. I kept I kept seeing things like dark shadows cruising across the wall. <laughs> poor Shawnee. What? Your poor brain. Yeah, that's it's probably just my vision going. And sometimes you, Sean hears things like me calling. Well, that has happened, and I think it's happened to you too, actually. But that's weird, like. And that only happens in this house. And like, yeah. I'll be like, oh, Sean's home. I can hear Sean clearing his throat. And Sean's not home. I've, I've heard your exact voice in this house before when you yeah. were here. Like, or like in a temporal loop or uh, the multiverses are stacked on top of each other right here in this house. And there's like a <laughs> wall. Maybe we're haunting ourselves. Oh, that's boring. Because of all of all the advantages to being a ghost that I can think of, I wouldn't want to be in my own house after the fact. 
I mean, I'd want to be with my loved ones if everybody else was alive. Backpedaling, yeah. No, I'm not. That's that's. But I'd want to be able to travel about and explore. I'd say. I'm done. I mean, <laughs> so there's another ghost story from Charleston, and yeah. uh, it's about Lavinia Fisher, um, and it happened in the 19th century, and Lavinia. Um, was allegedly a highway robber with her husband and uh she was hung by meeting street which is a big street um in charleston um there are some people who claim that she was one of our country's first serial killers along with her husband um and that they would lure people lure lure, lure. yeah that word um people to their inn um and then poison their teeth and then steal from them. But that, ah. was never, that was never proven. So how does this become a ghost story, you might wonder, right? Yeah. Um, and this, I think, is from Southern Living, but I'm not sure. Um, apparently, um, her and her husband actually belonged to a band of highway thieves. Um, the details surrounding her death, they say, are chilling. Believing <laughs> that she would be pardoned up until the moment that she hung. Lavinia, according to the legend, used her last breath to scream, if you have a message you want to send to hell, give it to me and I'll carry it. <laughs> Which is very kind of her, honestly. <laughs> it is. Like, she's like, hey, you got some relatives down there? You want me to tell them something, you know? That's Shout it out now. Yeah, exactly. But, but apparently, her, they say her ghost is still hanging out in Charleston and, you know, the oldest part of Charleston and by the old Charleston jailhouse. And, um, is, she is she literally hanging out? Hanging out, yeah. That would be kind of freaky. Hanging out. Yeah. I think she might be a big part of a Charleston ghost tour. Like the way in our town of Bar Harbor, um, the ghost tour um, goes to the Criterion Theater. Yeah. Um, and uh, people take pictures in there. Um, and they allegedly see a man who um, is smoking. And allegedly that man died in the theater smoking a cigarette. And it dropped and he burnt to death. Like he was like. That's Dead. sad, but I think it's just the current and, employee. I know who it is. <laughs> no, I love him. <laughs> I don't think it's him. Um, and but they see this guy walking around, and allegedly they see a lady, a, a fancier lady, walking around, um, in a white dress, maybe, and uh, another guy who they believe might be George McKay that's his name, right? Who was the original yeah. owner of the Criterion Theater who uh, started the theater allegedly just uh, facilitate his rum running activities. Yeah. His alcohol smuggling during prohibition. Because why not? It's why not? And right. all the rich people needed their booze. Yeah, It was a very rich people town. Back it was off and yeah. on. Off and on. So yeah, like that museum, so many alleged ghosts and the ghost tours either go inside or stop outside of it to talk about those, you know? Yeah. Yeah, what? Nothing. 
You just make me laugh with your cuteness. That's very sweet. Thank okay. you. Okay. Do you have a story to tell? Do you want to talk about scary movies instead? Everyone's scary movies. I know everyone is. I can't believe some other people don't have ghost stories on here right now. I know. It's like, very sad. I, I kind of really thought Cardin would have one. I know. I know. But oh, well. I don't know Sorry. why. Okay. It's all good. I can read another ghost story if you like. I would love to hear another ghost story, babe. All right. And I don't know what this is from. Oh, it's Mrs. Floss again. Oh, okay. Dee says she loves scary movies. Really? Yeah. Oh. I think I thought I heard a dog barking. Anyways. Oh, no. You know what? What? You know what we're going to get haunted by? A, a dog barking. A barking dog. Yeah. Gabby yeah. the dog will come back and she will be like barking and haunting and I, I, I might have to kill myself so I can come back and yell at her. <laughs> I, I can just I can just see you like chasing the dog around as a spirit. Be yeah. like, Gabby, enough. Gabby, it's safe. Gabby, stand down. I'm like Gabby, like woof, 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 woof. Just like real life. So it would be just like real life. Do you love scary movies? But I want to know. Do you is there such movie? a thing of scary unscary movies? Unscary? Uh, is there such a thing as really scary movies? Are you saying that because you're so tough that you don't get scared? No. I think that's what because you know I you know I don't, but I'm not trying to say that. <laughs> You're so macho, Sean. No, it's like... Oh, you're, you're macho, Kyle. No, no. They're, obviously, movies were scary to me at a time, you know, when I was younger. What was the scariest movie when you were a little kid? Like, oh, or, or older? I don't, I don't Come remember. on, buddy. You gotta, you gotta talk. It's a podcast. I know. I talk a lot, but I can't remember. Like, they always just have a... Uh, an element of of non-realistic facts. So that's why I never really was scared by them. So while I cannot while I cannot come up with a specific movie, I would say it would be ones that stick to more realistic scenarios as as the horror. You know these, what I mean? Yeah, these were uh um, Halloween 2 and Christine, she enjoys watching. Yeah. And she likes the movie Carrie. Ugh. But it's um, not scary. But it's not scary. You know what movie scared me the most when I was a little kid? What movie? I think um, Poltergeist. Yeah? And Halloween. What's oh. the one with the guy with the mask? Halloween. Halloween, right? Well, Halloween is Michael Myers. Uh, a bunch of them wear masks, actually. Um, the one with the leg and Jamie Lee Curtis. With the hockey mask, the yeah. goalie mask. Yeah, that one. Is that Halloween? I think so, but I'm not sure. Somebody must. Somebody must know. Chime in, people. Anyway, Poltergeist uh, is my thing. Like I freaked out from Poltergeist, yeah. but I got more scared from books when I was a kid than from movies. See, I like the more methodical ones, like like say Silence of the Lamps. I could see that. I don't remember when I watched it if I was scared or not, but uh, see, D answered. 
D answered, Jason is the lake, and Jamie Lee Curtis is Halloween. Two ah. separate movies. Oh, man. You're blending them all together, baby. I just mush in my head. I'm yeah. so sad. And then Freddy shows up, and they're dreaming of it all, and yeah. Um but yeah, I got way more scared from books. Also, what, somebody took me out on a first date and it was to Silence of the Lambs. Oh really? Yeah. Oh you'll have to tell me who that was after the podcast. Uh, his name is Adam Fifield. Oh, okay. <laughs> he wrote a memoir and put me in it. So I feel like and it wasn't quite true, so I feel like I can ask. Absolutely say, yeah, Adam Fifield took me on a first date to Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs, huh? Silence of the Lambs. How did you feel? Well, it didn't repel you. I, I know Nothing that's repels bad. me. You know that. From, um, my, from but... a man. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. He's right. Oh, and Chucky, the little doll thing. All right. All I didn't right. like Chucky. I don't particularly like Chucky either. <laughs> Does Chucky scare you? No. None of it scares me. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I don't, I didn't check under my bed, you know, since I was at least double digit age. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be so, I was telling Sean this a while ago that, um, I used to be so scared in my house, my first house, which was on Hardy Road in Bedford, New Hampshire. Um, and it doesn't exist anymore, that house. Um, but I used to be so scared in that house where I lived until I was in eighth grade that I was positive I would never be able to be home alone, like at night, yeah. ever, anywhere. Like I was just, I lived terrified in that freaking house like everything felt doomy the piano would play shadows everywhere you know like it was a creepy house and uh um caught fire a couple times like it was just like it felt that's because carrie lived there <laughs> Shut up. that was low that was low and then when i turned um when i became um my mom turned out of that house. I don't think that's a phrase, but we left that house and moved to another house, um, mostly because it wasn't commercial property and the taxes were less. Um, we, everything was gone. Like I never felt scared. I could be home alone forever. I'd like beg my mom to leave, but like it was such a difference and it was yeah. so bizarre to suddenly not live with that doomy feeling, terrifying, creepy feeling it must you know? have been nice huh yeah it was amazing and i'm never scared when i'm alone now as and i haven't been since then like i've never thought oh i can't possibly be alone for an hour and i swear that's how i felt at the house of my childhood huh interesting yeah. oh d has a story she does it's a I, good one too you gonna read it sure all right so my brother had the my buddy doll that Chucky is based on. And I swear I threw it out one time <laughs> and then it ended back up on his bed. No. The next time I threw it out was garbage pickup day and I walked into the trash myself when the trash truck was on the street and watched him take it away. <laughs> That's so scary. 
That would be awesome. <laughs> dude, dude, there's like a, um, have we talked about this on the podcast? I know we talked about this somewhere, but once again, D has inspired me. There is a doll, right? That this yeah. an Elsa doll, Elsa from Frozen. Yeah. And this is like last year, I think, that this yeah. was hot. And this family said that the Elsa doll won't let them go. Um, and it's a Houston, Texas <laughs> family. And um, they got the doll uh, for their daughter in 2013. Yeah. And it kept coming back, even though they kept throw it, trying to throw it out. Like, they threw it away, and then they find, found it on a wooden bench. And so that freaked them out. So they put it in a garbage bag, and they put the garbage bag inside another garbage bag. And then they that was actually full of garbage, and they put it in the bottom of the garbage can underneath other bags Trash. of garbage. Yeah. Then they put it out on the curb on garbage day, and it, they, the garbage man took it. And then they went out of town, and then they came back, and Elsa was in their backyard. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and they know it's the same Elsa doll because they like their daughter put marker on it, and like yeah. when she was a little kid, and the marker is still there. That's awesome. So they thought it was a prank, but now they're like, "Yeah, we think it's haunted." <laughs> That's amazing. And so then, um, so the, what they, I think what they finally did, and I don't know if there's any closure to this, but they mailed the doll to a friend in Minnesota. Yeah. And they didn't put the return address on it. And they just <laughs> mailed it. Did they tell them to throw it away or they just <laughs> let them keep it? Here, you I, keep think, it. I don't know. I don't know. But she said that when she put the doll in the box, it laughed. For thirty yeah. seconds, really, which had never happened before. She said, "The mom." That's crazy. Yeah. That would have been the freakiest part right there. Isn't that creepy? It's so creepy. That is. Like, I can't even. I can't uh, even. Um, I think dolls are creepier, honestly. Yeah. John says. You are so lucky to be Mr. Talent slash Sean's wife because we ain't afraid of nothing. I know. I know, John Bell. I'm just the luckiest woman in the world to have a husband with no fear. Man, I'm going to get a beating tonight for that. Thanks. <laughs> no. Uh, he said I would have burned that doll. I'd be afraid. I would be afraid yeah, melt that puppy down. Wait. The psychopathic. I, I think he meant oh! to say psychopathic doll. Really? I don't Justin's remember. His sister had a psychopathic doll. That's so scary. That's totally possible. <laughs> and we'll just go back to D, who said I would have burned that doll. And I'm sure she would have burned the doll. John burned that other doll, too, too right? I think we should send all our haunted dolls to D. Oh, I got a doll for D. <laughs> no. <laughs> I thought you were going to give that away to someone. No, it's still in the basement at the house. Mm, well. Somebody's going to inherit it here in a few days. Yeah. Where Sean, one of the houses where Sean caretakes has a haunted doll, he thinks. Yeah. He talks to her. Well, I am a little bit afraid of her, I guess, but not really. I thought you weren't afraid of anything. <laughs> I'm not afraid of her. I'm just trying to be polite. She was destined to be thrown. They asked me to take her to the dump, and I couldn't. So I put her in the basement. <laughs> With the Elsa doll. 
Well, else is all down that basement, but <laughs> I don't think she wanted to leave the house. What if all the haunted dolls had a party together in the basement? Like they all just like hung out there and started showing up at one site. Oh my gosh, that would be a really good horror novel. What if they all formed a, like a Chucky type army? Oh, <laughs> dude, we should write that. I'm going to write that down on my purple sticky notes of ideas. Purple Instead of zombies, notes. it's haunted dolls. Yes, a haunted doll <laughs> army. That's probably a movie. You would probably know. Haunted doll army. Boom. All right. Haunted doll army on the sticky notes. Did you really write it down? Heck yeah. I'm Here, going with that as soon as I have time to write another story. Um, you can look for that in 2030, folks. <laughs> no. I just need a month. I need a month of nothing else to do. All right. I'm going to read one more. Is that All okay? Right. Heck All yeah, right. go for it, baby. So this is called the, um, the Ghost of La Parva Ski Resort, and it was told by Drew Tabke, who's a, a real-life skier, I guess. Yeah. Um, and we'll have the, and it's from outsideonline.com, which is kind of like, um, like, oh, darn it, there is a horror movie. It's called Small Soldiers, he says, and it's about toys that come to life. Yeah, but it's like the plastic army figures, I think, like the little green ones that you play with as a kid if you're um, right. lucky enough to have ever seen them, I guess. Maybe <laughs> we could write this book together. Oh, yeah. All right. So, ready for the Ghost of La Parva Ski Resort? I am. Throughout Latin America, you'll have variations of the story of, oh, I can't say it, La Llorona, or the Wailing Woman. Sometimes she's lost her husband. Sometimes she's lost her children. Sometimes it's both. But in this ski spot in the Chilean Andes, the Wailing Woman is named Lola, and everyone in the area swears they knew her before she died. A local restaurant owner said he dated her, pro skier Drew Tabke says, adding that the ski patroller he heard the story from pointed at the exact hut where the tale takes place. The story starts on a nice day in peak ski season. Lola and her young son plan to spend the day on the slopes. As can happen in the Andes, a thick fog rose up from the valley, which often precedes the arrival of a real storm. The clouds enveloped the two as they were making their way down from the top of the mountain, and they lost control with one another. Desperate to find her son, Lola began screaming his name as she ran through the thick fog. Unable to see clearly, though, she stumbled down a steep slope and began sliding toward a rocky coil. By chance, a local lift operator who was run returning to his cabin came upon her body. He was afraid. How do they know that she was yelling for the kid if, like, who hurt her? I don't if, know. Like, if there were no witnesses to her death. Maybe the kid survived and heard her. All right. Um, find her. By chance, a local lift operator who was returning to his cabin came across her body. He was afraid she was dead, but on closer inspection, he found she was still alive, just barely. Her body was covered in lacerations from the sharp rocks, and the only word she said in the faintest whisper was her son's name. The lift operator worked to carefully pull her body to his cabin, which was just up the hill. He bandaged her cuts as best he could and ran to fetch the doctor. Together, the doctor and the lift operator made their way back to the hut, the fog hanging thickly in the air. When they arrived, though, the bed was empty. Just the bloody sheets remained. 
Neither the woman nor her son were ever found, but locals report hearing her wail for her child whenever they're near that lift operator's cabin. And here's the thing, Tapke doesn't believe in ghosts. Something, however, changes when he arrives in Chile each winter. Maybe it's the fact that from La Parva, you can see up to an Incan child sacrifice site. Maybe it's because Tabke has re simply read so many radical realism books. Um, but sitting alone in his cabin in the Andes with the wind whipping and the candles flickering, he swears that every now and then he just can't tell if what he's hearing is a woman or the wind. Huh. Ooh, scary. What was the kid's name, did it say? No, I don't think it says his name. Oh. Uh. I just want to know if it sounds like sounds a like a win, like yeah. a, a name that sounds like the win. Yeah, it's a pretty cool story, though. It is. It is. Good story, baby. <laughs> um, are you there, Sean? I'm right here. Uh, so D says that that movie, going back to the movie, was very tiny toy soldiers, and they had like smart. Oh, it's a car alarm going off during the podcast. Listen to that wow. beautiful thing. You know what set that off? A ghost. Yeah. Trying to interrupt our podcast. Yeah. So some smart tech inside them made them come to life or something. That sounds cool. John Bell says, why didn't you talk about that dog we knew of that had parvo and lived like 20 years? Because I don't remember. John, <laughs> you remember nothing. That's not true. I Well, no, I think you pretend not to remember things. I do not remember this dog really? yeah. John has all the stories man uh, he does have a lot of stories ah. he mentioned writing a book today and I'm starting to talk him into it definitely um, he's got a lot of stories he should share them all um, so I guess people love ghost stories because um, it gives us an opportunity to play with the emotions that are darker and scarier, you know, like dread and anxiety and fear. Yeah. While also, you know, being safe. You know, yeah. you know like that's right. And it's kind of interesting because uh, you know, scientifically our bodies are like danger, danger, adrenaline, adrenaline. And you know, you can get addicted to that feeling, that adrenaline rush and you know, that visceral reaction that you have, and it can make you feel alive sometimes you know Heck yeah, it does. like jumping out an airplane but yeah safe. I, I still want to see a I still want to see a uh, apparition, an apparition. But I'm, I'm not saying by no means am I saying I won't be scared and run out of the room <laughs> but I want to see it I want to see how I, I think feel, you'll how I feel about it. yeah stand yeah. there and talk stand there and talk to it <laughs> like you just stand there and be like wait okay is that real? <laughs> hmm. I'm I would hope supposed, so. This is what almost always happens to me, but now that I'm a grown up, but not with the shower thing, because I thought it could have been a person. Um, like, and people are way more scary than ghosts. Yeah, and you're in the shower. But um, like normally when something weird happens, like I hear Sean clearing his throat and he's not home, or there's a dark <laughs> shadow, I'll be like, oh, all right, huh. Well, that's interesting. Huh. Okay. You know, you've called me, you've honestly called me a lot of times and said, are you home? I just heard you talking in the kitchen there, even outside or whatever. But yeah. 
Yeah. Or like I'll be in the basement and I'll hear you walking. Upstairs. You like you know you know everybody's patterns in your house of of how they uh, walk, right? And yeah. like I'll hear you walking upstairs and I'll be like, oh, hey Sean, are you home yet? And he'll be like, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I get more, so much more scared when I think it's a real person than when. I think it could be a haunting. Yeah, because real people are scarier. So much scarier. I mean, I, I guess the dead, if they are out there, really are real people, you know? Yeah, but live people, I mean, are much they more dangerous yeah. in my mind. Yeah, and there's a lot of places on our little island where people, like, there. I have a friend who's a firefighter, and they insist that there is a house on this island that they won't go near um, yeah. because it's so haunted. Really? And, yeah. And then, um, and somebody else allegedly has a wicked haunted house um, that basically needs like an exorcism or something going wow. on there. Yeah. Like it's, um, uh. and there's so many stories of MDI haunts, like from the Jesuit priests who were killed to like, you know, um, there's Wabanaki stories and like yeah. there's just so much stuff here in this. I mean, it's a big island, but it's a small area, really, you know, and there's so many like legends piled on top of story, piled upon truth, piled upon the bricks of a lighthouse, I guess. I don't know. Right. The dead body with the bloody axe is out there. You know, it's really. That's how the good stories get made. A little so. bit of truth, a little bit of embellishments. Yeah. Hey, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you so much, everybody. Yeah, for talking and being here and being cool. Have a wonderful weekend. Yeah. And if you see any apparitions, try to film them for me, please. Or at least tell us a story. <laughs> yeah. Story, because we want it so badly. Thank you very much. Yeah, have a great night. Thank you, darling. Oh, thank you, Shawnee. You you weren't too naughty today. N no, I didn't have the opportunities much. I'm so sorry. We should have talked about pervy ghosts. Well, I never got to like talk about what my dream ghost experience <laughs> would be, but you know, that's all right. You're cheating on me with the supernatural, aren't you? Not yet. Oh, Sean Kelly. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Loving the Strange. Please be sure to like and subscribe. And remember, embrace the strange. New episodes every Saturday, live streaming Fridays. Go get your strange on, friends. Thanks for listening.